Well, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferrer, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, our esteemed producer wearing the Washington Nationals hat, which which brings up, Mark, we're going to talk about baseball just a little bit because there's some discussion. I was not about informed about this. I was not I know. Informed. I didn't inform you about anything. I No right. menu. This is completely zero form today. Yes. Uh, yes. and, and I like it that way. Uh, a lot of people would think that most of our shows are free form, even though we, we do throw a bone yeah. at a rundown every time. Well, you have to do that because you are uh, somehow married to progressive trivia and you feel the need to do progressive trivia. So to do that, you have to have some level of a, a menu so we know when it's coming. Um, but we're not going to do that today, though. There will be a little bit of trivia, Mark. I know I'm just trying to throw a bone your way because I know I know at Very this point, the depths of your despair, I will oh, yeah. do anything I can to drag That's you sweet. out of the depths I, of your despair. I appreciate it. You know me very well. You know, yeah. I, it's a pretty big hole I'm in right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, come on. You, we had to Down reschedule this time because we had to reschedule the time of the show because of your work. So you're obviously it's not it's not complete. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, I have a, I have a few I have a few. Uh, now you you're know, you're coaching strings to hold on to to pull me out. But not much. You're, you're coaching young actors. Is this is this true? I mean, let's let's before we dive in, we you're you're coaching some young actors, correct? In in some way. Well, I I was doing that last semester with with thespians and uh, with the thespian competitions uh, that they have here, which were all virtual, obviously this time around. And uh, you know, I helped with the, the the live to tape streaming, quote unquote. And now I'm assisting with, uh, uh, you know, a sixth grade class in the enrichment program. So I'm just doing improv stuff and I'm doing the same thing with uh, middle school. And uh, so I'm really not I'm I'm not necessarily coaching them on material that they're using, that they're going to perform. But I am uh, giving them the skill set. I am an acting. uh, Yes, an acting coach to, you know, get get them. um, All acting is based in improv, Mark. All acting is based in improv. So you're giving them the groundwork. So that, you can then, so that you can then turn them over to the drama uh, teacher at Lake Highland who will I- increase their ability uh, threefold. And then they will go to actually uh, acting coaches either in college or outside that who will do everything they can to strip away any ability they may have yes. and turn them into talentless lemmings. I may have a problem with acting teachers. All right, um, let's we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yes, but that's um, that's happening. Yes, the the minds and you know it's very safe. It's a private school, very distant. Yeah, everyone's wearing masks. Protocols are very tight, so it's all it's all good. And it's and, and isn't you know, the there more- a thing where isn't there a thing where if you have to like transfer a piece of paper between yourself and one of the students, there's a poor who will do that, and then the poor is immediately eliminated, so it's not uh, uh, you know. Uh, increase the chance of of, of disease sure. passing you yeah. know those are those are part of part of the protocols there's no yeah. doubt about it bring me a yeah. poor i have a three by five card i need to get to mark and and nowadays with uh, just just with uh, how careful people are with teachers and and students you know you're not even allowed to look them in the eye when you're giving them a note right it's called the tom um, brady rule <laughs> is that so, it, it, you get so. a penalty if you look them in the eye so the poor uh, has to has to translate that particular note to them. And once they do that and look the kid in the eye, then they're uh, skirted off to, to prison. Well, excellent. That's good. That's it's good to know you're staying safe. I think that's what's most important for all, all of us. Oh, yeah. It's, all right. It's um, very safe. There's it, it's Super Bowl week. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm over in Tampa quite a bit. And it's funny because they have 
the experience thing sort of set up at the at the um, uh-huh. Civic Center. There's banners all over town and everything, sure. but it's you know, yeah, quiet, poor town. Uh, yeah, they we're gonna make so much money, and now I not. know, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's still people coming in. There's still some things going on. I guess they. So uh, good luck uh, there. I think uh, the uh, the players for the Buccaneers are lucky in this respect, playing in their first the first team to play in their home stadium. Though it has been pointed out that the Niners played in Palo Alto, the Rams played at the Rose Bowl when they were in Super Bowls. Um, so uh, those were very very close to home. But uh, normally, you know, I guess the guys. Uh, Maybe they'd be staying in a hotel the night before, or they might be driving in for uh, from uh, from home, and they won't be dealing with the traffic that they would have in the past because there's the famous Super Bowl. And I, I want to talk a lot on this show, Mark, about Super Bowl memories, the, the memories of Super Bowls that for us Pontiac and things Super Bowl weird. sixteen, the Pontiac Super Bowl sixteen, uh, the Bengals and the Forty ers the first Forty er uh, World Championship, and how the bus got stuck in the traffic. Uh, and they had to get like some hastily put together uh, police escort uh, and uh, and get them to the to the game on time. Uh, I believe that was also the first Super Bowl played um, in a cold weather city, yes. and it was really, really, really cold. Yes, in, in yes. Pontiac, it was just ridiculous. Remember it well. Yes, um, and, I, and and of course you've got a swath of days off in a row because obviously the Raptors won't. You know, obviously nothing else is going on in Tampa outside of the Super Bowl during this period of time. So they're on the you know quote unquote road. Yeah, absolutely. Eleven days. Uh, I have an eleven day not going to Tampa streak, and I've been I think the last thirteen days or. 14 out of the last 16 days. Uh, and I've been very lucky traffic wise. So let's keep our fingers. You're going to, you're going to have a great time uh, with your taxes because there's so many miles you get to write off. It's true. And all of that's 1099. So it's all like, I believe 55 cents a mile. Yeah. So that's going to be sweet. Well, basically what it means is finally what I'm writing off will be legitimate. Um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I feel safe. Cause there's no way. No way the eyes are on the show that uh, the, from the IRS or or is it the case that there are? Um, or or right. are they? <laughs> a lot, a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of stuff to cover here, as I've said. But so let's just start with uh, the big story, which is obviously the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade. Mark, we were texting back and forth a lot during that. Your belief no. and, and mine. <laughs> Your belief and mine are both that uh, we think it could possibly be a win-win for everyone. I guess the big question that everybody had was, did so. the Rams give up too much? And uh, and I'm just going to start with this by saying, Mark, I don't think they had a lot of choice because I think the structure of the golf contract would require that if they were to trade him, they were going to have to probably trade more than they would like because in the end, playing the long game, getting rid of that contract was worth losing a draft choice and particularly with the Rams. And I think people forget this. They look at it and they're like, my God, you're giving away a draft choice. Those are not top 10 draft choices. The Rams are giving away. Remember with Jared Goff, who they just got rid of because they didn't think he was good enough. They won what? 10 games, 11 games or something like that. They're going to draft in the lower half of the, of the draft, but just, you know, overall your, your position, I don't think they really had a lot of choice. No, I mean, I think it, this is in the bottom line. Let's let's forget the cost right now. But in the end, the Rams have upgraded 
in a pretty major way. He has yeah. a much stronger arm than Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, and he's much more consistent, even though Matthew Stafford's had some injuries as well. Yes. He's much more consistent as a quarterback, and he's already thrown about 282 touchdowns in his career. He's 32 right now. He'll be 33 before the, the next season starts. But as we've talked about, that's that's about mid-career these days for, for quarterbacks. And yeah. he's already thrown 282 touchdowns. Granted, he had Calvin Johnson for a while, but I mean, it, it's he didn't have the, a lot of great talent around him. Let's be no, honest. He it's had one of the worst franchises ever. Yeah. And he has 45,000 yards. Anyway, it's a, it's a major upgrade at the most important position. Right. And in that, in freaking Sean McVay's system, Matthew Stafford is going to blow up even more so than he, he threw, had 4,000 yards this year. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting, too, uh, from Stafford's point of view, because this was a mutual decision with he and the Lions. They had discussed that maybe it was time to change. And we've talked about that before. A lot of times, just a change of scenery for anybody. But apparently, from what I've read, the one team that he that he nixed and said he was not interested in going to, because when they put it out there that he was available, to your point, a 32-year-old quarterback with all kinds of skills, um, people are bringing up winning percentage, which I think is the least important Silly. statistic for a, a quarterback in the NFL. Um, Especially uh, when you play with the Lions. Right. I mean, Sonny Jurgensen broke all kinds of passing records and was generally considered the Dan Marino of his era. And, you know, the, the Redskins in a 14-game season would go, you know, six and eight in their best year because they were crappy outside of that. So, yeah, that it, the winning percentage thing is just ridiculous. And I... It, basically just dismiss anybody who brings it up, but he didn't want to go to new England. He did not want to go to new England and people were speculating that, Oh yeah, well, you know, he, Matt Patricia he gave him a look at the new England way of doing things. No, he didn't want to go to new England, Mark, because it's the one place where he would have gone where his skill position players would be worse than yeah. they were in Detroit. Yeah, there's no one. They have no one. New England has no one. And so that makes perfect sense to me. I think um, I think it's a great landing spot for Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams upgrade. I think the Rams immediately are Super Bowl contenders. Him in that system, as we mentioned before, is, is going to be great. The thing that was holding them back this year, because they've got, obviously, number one defense out there, two of the greatest players at their positions in the National Football League in Donald and Ramsey. And... Uh, Goff was holding them back. Yeah. Goff that's, was holding at them least back. that's their belief. Yeah. And so now, now uh, they won't have that. They'll have someone in there that can, that can execute that scheme, you know, much, much better at a much more, uh, at much higher proficiency. And I think that, uh, you know, the Rams, this is just what they do. They're the Redskins of George Allen's era. They, they're just, they haven't had a number one pick. They haven't had the first round pick since, two, since Jared Goff. <laughs> In right. 2016, and now they won't have another one until at least 2024. They don't give up their theirs this year because they don't have one to give up this year. Uh, next year and the following year, 2021 20, and 22, uh, I believe, is is the two first rounds that are given up. and uh, Or maybe it's 22 and 23. Uh, oh, that's right, because they don't have a 21 either. Right. They, they gave up, I think, a 20 and a 21 to Jacksonville for Ramsey, if I'm not mistaken. Jalen Ramsey, right. At any um, rate... Um, yeah, and they have they have a second round pick this year. They they uh, they gave Detroit their third round pick this year, two future first rounds, and I think that's uh you know and 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 Detroit gets a quarterback as well. So what the heck? I mean, to your point, John, Goff was going to be hard to get rid of, and so was Stafford in a way because yeah, everyone knew 
you know, and you know, the hand was with the other team because everyone knew he was going to leave Detroit. So, right. and the other thing with the Stafford situation, win. even the, the thing with the Stafford situation is at 32 years old. And I think we both agree at 32 years old, five or six years of Matthew Stafford performing at a very high level is not out of the realm of possibility at all. No, but at 32 years old for Matthew Stafford, he's going to want to go someplace where he's got an opportunity to play championship and playoff football. He has no playoff wins because he's a lion in his career right away. And the Rams are close to the top of that list. I mean, if you look at the teams that possibly he could have gone to, New Orleans, depending on what's going on down there, if they felt like they, they weren't comfortable moving ahead with Taysom Hill, it seems like Jameis Winston isn't going to be the answer for them. I guess that's a team. But really, the Rams are at the top of the list. If you're a quarterback, it's a team struggling and needs better quarterback play. Turn it around right now. And then in addition to that, if you look at that division, which we all agree is the toughest division in football, but all of a sudden it's beginning to look like maybe it's not quite as good as we all thought it was going to be with what's going on in Seattle with the, the Niners unsettled situation in at the quarterback position because Jimmy Grappolo has been rumored to go everywhere this side of the Canton Bulldogs at this point. And um, and then Arizona, you know, I, I love how quickly we turn the page with Arizona from one week to the next. Kyler Murray is the best thing since sliced bread. And oh, my gosh, they're 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 the team. Of, you know, they're going to sneak up on the West and, and leapfrog everybody else. And then it's I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury's the coach. And so who knows what's going on? But I, I agree. I think for the Rams, it's a good move. Let's jump to Detroit for a minute. And I was just thinking about Jared Goff, Mark, and I'm going through all of my history with the National Football League and trying to remember, you know, this is this is a blockbuster trade. These are trades that don't happen. Starting quarterbacks traded for one another are things that don't happen. Um, you know, in baseball, you'll get an ace pitcher, you know, going from one franchise in the same division to the next. That's that's there's nothing to that. But the the one that comes closest for me, and I want to see how uh, if um, if you agree with this, is Craig Morton, because Craig Morton was a Super Bowl champion excuse me he wasn't a super bowl champion but he won uh an nfc championship with the dallas cowboys um and but there was belief and rightfully so in dallas that roger staubach was actually the the guy there a little different obviously than the golf thing because it, you know wasn't a, a straight up trade but in terms of uh a quarterback who was a an established starter on a successful playoff team being traded away. I can't think now, maybe I'm wrong and God knows the memory's going, but I can't think of anybody else that had the level of success. Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Well, I mean, Montana was traded. Remember, but was, uh, w was that on the heels of, and and I'm I'm obviously I'm not as knowledgeable of the San Francisco timeline. hadn't hadn't it been a couple of years? Yeah, he was injured for a couple of years. Yeah, and had played uh, sporadically. Sporadically, played right. the last game in '92, and then was traded in '93. But yeah, in terms of someone who was healthy, but I think also remember Craig Morton was also kind of relegated because in '71, really right. Staubach got the gig. 
And I'm not sure who the quarterback was in 72. I don't know what happened. He was gone front, by 72. I think he went to, if I'm not wrong, I think he might've gone to the Giants. He went to the Giants at a point. No, he didn't go straight away to the he Broncos. Didn't. He, he didn't. He was the backup quarterback in 71 for the Super Bowl. But if you remember, if you jump back to 71 or you don't know about this, that was that weird season sure, where Tom Landry couldn't make up his mind. Roger Staubach was the only member, uh, I believe, of the Cowboys who did not play in the Super Bowl uh, in the end of the 1970 season he was there he's on the bench didn't play at all um uh 71 it was morton was the starter for a bit staubach there were games at least one game that i remember for against i believe the chicago bears where he rotated quarterbacks like either on series or plays at a point so you know morton uh once they realized uh well yeah once they realized that uh, now the, 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 Jay Cutler thing though, Lenny, Jay Cutler was not a championship caliber quarterback, or at least did not, uh, help teams get to a championship. So he's a he, Jeff he, George he, in my mind. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Jeff, I mean, Jared Goff got the team to a Super Bowl. Craig Morton quarterbacked his team to a Super Bowl. In 1970. Close to a victory. Absolutely. The Bowl, by the way, in Super Bowl five. And, uh, so that's an interesting thing because you know is it possible? Uh, remember, Denver was a uh, you know an AF AFL team, and uh, I don't think had had much success either in the AFL or in the NFL. No, and John Ralston got a hold of them, and they and Craig Morton, and all of a sudden they oh I don't know if they had, they had played the Raiders back in the day, and at any rate, um, by the you know by the late seventies. Uh, Craig Morton had reemerged and got that team to the, you know, who's to say Jared Goff. I mean, that's a funny, that's a fun, actually a fun kind of comparison. It's not quite exactly the same, but what would be, no, I'm just thinking, um, I'm just thinking in terms of a quarterback that had been, that was that close to quarterbacking a team to, to a super bowl. And, and, and remember the Rams underperformed in that super bowl and that, you know, all, all of that. But let's take that out. Uh, he was a big reason. That offense was considered a very big reason that they were as successful as they were. So I'm just trying to go back and figure what what quarterback has ever been in that position and then uh, and then traded away, uh, you know, relatively unceremoniously. The other thing about uh, Morton for golf to keep in mind is that Morton had a couple of other stops before he got to Denver and got them to a Super Bowl in 77. So it, it you know it it would be impossible for any of us to say that Detroit is the right place for anybody to go to play if they want to be a championship quarterback. But I do think there is history with Craig Morton and certainly Joe Montana, who he's well, not anywhere. You, in you that know game. that uh, Trent Dilfer was traded the very next year. After yeah, you know what? I, a Super I probably Bowl. I probably should have thought about that. But I and in thinking about that, remember they felt that they got there despite Trent Dilfer being the quarterback for them. Now, true. I think they made a bad move, frankly, I, I mean, in hindsight, to bring in Elvis Gerback, who I think was overvalued as a quarterback, and they 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 really struggled there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that is a good point. But, again, a, a quarterback who uh, was considered – within, you know, two seasons was considered, you know, Jared Goff would have been near the top of the list of the young guns that we were going to be looking at for a decade or so. So it's just just stunning. It's just stunning. And then the fact that it's starters back and forth, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, and I think Dilfer was just released 
And then they uh, they did not pick up the option on Dilfer. He wasn't traded away for, for someone else. But it is, that is a good point. Um, and another Super Bowl that played in Tampa. So with that synchronicity of that, it brings up uh, my trivia question, Mark. My, um, How many do you have? Is this just one, or do you have? A it's multiple? not well. I have I have Probably several different I have several different questions about the NFL draft, Great. most specifically about the overall number one pick in the NFL. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and my question to you is: the two franchises are tied for having the most overall number one picks in the NFL draft. I'll be really, really impressed if either you or Jeff can give me one of them. If you give me both of them. You win the thanks of a grateful nation. Actually, Mark, if you if you get this right, and I'll have to owe Jeff, but uh, we're going to hang out a little bit. I will I will buy you a beer if you can tell me two franchises are tied for the most overall number one picks in the NFL draft. Who are they? And this dates back how long? May I ask that? Uh, it dates back to 1938. Well. I mean, in that two sense. franchises. Let me just say franchises. That should be a bit of a hint. Uh-huh. I didn't say two teams. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the difference. Then. No, I understand. I understand. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the um, I don't know. Maybe it's the Colts. Ding, 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 ding. It is indeed the Colts. I get a free beer. Uh, I get, get a free, free beer. You get a, you get a beer today. Uh, at you do. Uh, Want to take a stab at the other, uh, the other team, or I'll throw that one to Jeff. Saints? Nope. No, in fact, the Gotta New Orleans Saints. Uh, I was going to say, um, nope. Um, this can I ask I, I, one question? Yes, Does absolutely. this go back as far as 38? Does this franchise go back as far as 38? It does. In fact, its, for, it's okay. first overall number one pick was in 1938. And its last overall number one pick was within the last five years. Okay. So I would say um, the last overall number one And it's one an incredibly pick. timely pick. Or an incredibly timely question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, I don't know the uh, the football team. No, no. Uh, they, uh, you know, because George Allen traded away so many picks for them, That's and they were terrible there. They've only had two, and not one since 1962. Actually, would it be the Detroit Lions? It would not be the Detroit Lions. Surprisingly enough. Uh, they are tied for fifth, I believe. I'm bad at that because there's a bunch of teams tied at around the same number. Um, do you give up? When he says the Browns. New, nope. not the Browns. Uh, yeah, because that wouldn't be 1938. So uh, I would say um, this would probably have Unbelievably to be. Unbelievably timely. Mm-hmm. Even show-wise. It's timely. It, hmm. Even not just meaning, you know, this year in the NFL, show-wise, it's incredibly right. timely. This show. The Rams? Right. It is indeed the Los Angeles, Cleveland, St. Oh, Louis okay. Rams. Good. 
Good, good, good. Hey, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about the Cleveland Rams. Yeah, 38. Well, the Cleveland Rams um, in thirty-eight, and uh, I think by fifty-two they were already in Los Angeles. Fifty-two, sixty, sixty-three, ninety-seven, two thousand ten, and two thousand sixteen. Well, you said five years ago, and I should have just done five years minus twenty twenty-one. I keep forgetting <laughs> it's twenty twenty-one. <laughs> They, well, I said they, within five years. I was considering yeah. it four seasons ago, but yeah. yeah, within five years. I was shocked by that. I was shocked actually by both of them because I would have gone with everybody else, Detroit, Cleveland. I would have fought New Orleans, um, you know, for all the years. But nope, it's the Colts and the Rams. Um, the Cleveland Browns would have been the closest other test because uh, it's seven, uh, by the way, for both the Colts and uh, the Rams, the Colts have, were in 55, 67, 83, 90, 92, 98, and 2012. Um, the teams, uh, the next teams, and there's three of them tied, and that's where the Cleveland Browns fall. They've had five overall number one picks, and uh, they're tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so the interesting thing about that is uh, one, two, three, four of the top, of the teams that have had the the six teams that have had the most were in the playoffs this year. Rams, Buccaneers, Browns, uh, and Colts. So there you go. That's uh, that's your overall number one draft pick. It it was interesting to look at this list too because some of the teams that I would have thought might have had a lot of them, uh, the New York Giants, which had horrible years. When I started watching football in the early 70s, Mark, they Greg Morton, for the love of God, they were ter- only two in their entire uh, career. How bad were the Packers before Vince Lombardi got there? Only two in their, uh, in, in their uh, era as well. The Saints have only ever had one Wow! in 1981. The Jets have only ever had one. What it, year was that? 2004. And who did they pick? I'm uh, just about to uh, look at that right now. Of course, they, they've they made this as difficult as it possibly could be. Um, oh, uh, well, they, they, here's the thing. They, they didn't really have the overall number one pick. They had the, they had the fourth pick when they took Phillip, Phillip Rivers, but they're counted with the first pick because of the switch up with Eli Manning being the overall number one pick in the draft that they made a trade for. So that one's a little bit uh, beyond uh, the pale. I thought that was the Giants and the Chargers, not the Jets. Did I say the uh, – oh, sorry. You're right. Clicked on the wrong one. Hold on one second. Uh, yep. Uh, my bad. Thank you Keyshawn for pointing out. Keyshawn Johnson, Lenny Rowe says. Uh, was it Key? It was indeed Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn for the for the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Hardy wow. to the Jags. Simeon oh, Rice to the Cardinals. That was after they were one in 15 probably, right? Yep. Boy, you look down these this list of guys. Key had a decent career. Kevin Hardy with the Jaguars. Kevin Hardy had a decent career. Simeon Rice, pretty good. Jonathan Ogden, the best career. He was the fourth, and he's the Hall of Famer. Cedric Jones. Lawrence Phillips didn't end well. Terry Glenn. No, that's did not. The famous, uh, that's the famous she. one of the straws that broke the camel's back on um, uh, Bill Parcells with the, with the Patriots. Um, all right, so um, – now, moving forward to talk about this draft, if, what are your feelings about what Detroit, you know, because there are two schools of thought with this, that Detroit realizes that Jared Goff is a talented player. And I think most people are. 
coming out now. Just I don't know if you listen majority. to Pro Football Talk. The, the vast majority. The vast majority of the people in, uh, in in football do believe that Jared Goff is a talented quarterback and that he just it, it wrong situation, system changes, whatever his relationship with with the team. And, and they're getting a lot of flack for the way they handled him um, with this entire situation. But there is the school of thought that that's what Detroit. Listen, we're getting a young talent, 25, I believe, very young talented guy who's been to a championship game it's a nice change and then there are the people who think this is just one of those stop gap we'll pick up we'll you know get some of the dead money he can sit in his seat for a couple of years i mean i i think we all agree the the lions are not a year away in fact they're uh dan campbell has said judge us two years from now don't judge us next year but what is your feeling on that do you uh, just given what you've read and heard and what your feelings about jared goff is he an answer for them, or do you think this is a uh, this is more of a uh, a situation where they're they're just they the draft picks are really what what they're gonna they want to build on, and not Jared Goff, and he is somewhat of an afterthought in some way, but a guy who can start obviously from day one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a perfect situation for them right now. It, it it's 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 better than a placeholder for sure. Yeah, Jared I Goff so is too. better than a placeholder. Jared Goff will provide whatever. If there is a young quarterback in their future, he'll provide. You know, that will be a nice situation for both players. Uh, it'll be a good competitive situation for Jared Goff. The other player will have a chance to sit and learn. Uh, so it's way better than a placeholder. They've got a third round pick this year. They've got a first round pick next year. They've got a first round pick the following year. And I think a second round pick the following year as well. So they're set up nicely for the future. Uh, Dan Campbell and the entire organization know that it's, it's going to be a, uh, it's, it's a full on rebuild. It's not a reboot or reload. It's a rebuild. So they're going to give everyone some time. And um, and I think the GM's under I, I think Campbell and the GM under like six year contracts. So they you know, they're they've they don't worry about people looking over their shoulders as well. And who knows what happens with Jared Goff? It's he's a really interesting, interesting yeah. quarterback. If you look at how he started under Jeff Fisher and it was just pathetic. And all of a sudden, you know, here comes McVay, and he's a Pro Bowl quarterback for two years in a row. They get yep. to the playoffs, he gets to the Super Bowl, and then the last two years, he sort of falls off. Now he had off. he had four or five games this year where he played exceptionally well, but yeah, you're right. He's been terribly inconsistent, and I guess the turnovers is the big deal. So it is it is a weird situation. By the way, you and I are playing checkers, and Derek Abbott is playing three dimensional chess because he believes that you should flip the picks from the Rams both uh, ones and the three and golf and send the seven overall pick to the Texans for, uh, for Watson. So, so, so that means what Houston would get, and that's pretty fun. What Houston would get with three consecutive first round picks this year's number seven and the Rams is first round in 22 and 23, which we all agree would probably be lower half of the draft. More than likely. And they yeah. get three, they get their they get the third round, they get Rams third round pick this year, and they send Goff and they get Watson. But you know what? Watson has a no trade clause. Yeah. If if they did that, why would Watson want to go to the Lions? Yeah, I think that 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 would be a that'd be a big problem as well. I think and and I wonder with the Lions though, you know, listen, and nobody passes up on Deshaun Watson. Um 
yeah, Houston, Derek saying Houston would get back to him. But from the Lions perspective, now what you have is essentially what you had with Matthew Stafford, which is an incredibly talented quarterback and nothing around him and no building blocks to go forward in that. So, uh, but you have three first round picks that that wouldn't get wasted. I mean, that's. Yeah, but they don't get, they lose that. They just get Deshaun Watson. Detroit just gets Deshaun Watson. They I, don't get anything. I know. I know. That's why I'm saying they wouldn't be wasted staying in Detroit. Oh, Detroit's well, yeah, well, let's, let's see. Let's see if they, it, I, they'd be happy if they hit on one of them, frankly, given their history. Um, uh, <laughs> because Jack Easter. They won one playoff game in their history. The I mean, Detroit. since since 1957, they've in the Super Bowl era. Let's put it that way. In yep. the Super Bowl era, they've won one playoff game. Divisional playoff in 1991. Who would they beat in that? I the don't Cowboys. even. Cowboys. Was it? Well, well good they for them. The, they they should the get Cowboys. better karma then. They beat the Cowboys, and that was the year before the Cowboys went on their run of three out of four years winning the Super Bowl. So they were the they were the last team to to really challenge the uh, the the Cowboys in the playoffs, but that's because they were, you know, two years uh, removed from a one in 15 season at any rate. Yeah. The lions are a horrible, horrible uh, franchise. And I don't think, I think Watson would veto that trade. I, yeah, I really I, do. I, I don't, I don't think there's anything, you know, and, and, and to hijack this for a little bit. Yeah, please. The guy we love and, and, and you, you heard this as well, this, you know, three or four minute segment that that's posting on YouTube and that goes viral. It's Colin Cowherd. And basically, he said the top seven teams for Watson, he, he distilled it to this. The best team he could go to, the best situation he could go to by far, by far, are the 49ers. Yep. The best situation for both the team, Watson, and uh, most likely to happen, his thought are the New York Jets. Yeah, I think, yeah. He's been on that for a bit. He's been on that for a bit. I I think Watson would say yes to that. I think there's enough. I think Apparently enough. he has already said that the, the, if you believe the rumors, and I mean, these come out of everywhere, and I don't know if this is, you know, in this day and age, if it's one rumor that everybody is now claiming is their own, but that that is a team that he has said, along with uh, Miami, that are, he would consider. Yeah, and I think Miami is number two after the 49ers in terms of the, the best situation to go to. And uh, so I'll see. I mean, the Jets would be fascinating to me. Now, I I know a, a, a very, very major Jets fan who is uh, somewhat of a celebrity. He was uh, one of the first hosts at the ESPN Club, Dave Azer, <laughs> host of Slime Time Live back in the day, and has now a new podcast uh, focused on the Jets. And I've invited him to come on our podcast a, a little bit later. Uh, per everyone's permission, I'm sorry. of course. <laughs> Per everyone's permission, John. We're, it's a good thing we're getting together talking a little bit later. <laughs> All right. So, but the thing is, is that he says he wants to give Darnold another shot. And he says in New York. Good. He, yeah, he said it sounds kind of crazy on the surface, but he's only 25 years old. Right. And think about it. He's had no real shot. He's had no Correct. real yeah. chance yeah. to and do anything. Almost worse. And in fact, worse than Matthew Stafford what was given and, in Detroit. And if you think about it, with Robert Sala coming in, bringing in uh, the position coach from the 49er, who's who's going to run Shanahan's system. Mm-hmm. Think about Shanahan's system. This is why the Watson thing that the Niners may, may not work as easily as we thought. Shanahan's system is more about a guy like Sam Darnold. 
Uh, now, uh, I, I just want to say I need to speak directly to Derek Abbott for a moment because uh, he's he, he thinks he's been replaced already. Uh, no, 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 Derek. Uh, the, the bringing on of Dave Azer isn't about replacing you. No, it's it's Trust a guest. Me. It's a guest we're going to have on that. that you're not the one who will be leaving. And I'll <laughs> I just like to say that when you're on. Because I can see where this is going. Good God. Finally, <sighs> finally. You've, you've been able to do it after years of throwing the yoke of me off. All right. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck boy, with boy. you and Jeff and Dave and 49er and you, Jet Talk. You really, you really should in terms of this. And I know this is mainly funny, but really, John, the narrative you've constructed all these years, mm -hmm. despite the overwhelming evidence to the exact contrary, right. very QAnon. It's a very I know. QAnon I, kind I, of I thing. fully admit it. I'm I'm going full Q on you. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. There's what makes no you so certain that I'm going with Mark? <laughs> well, Maybe hey, it's come. John and Jeff Washington football team show. That all Washington all the time. You know, all we have to do really is we should we should approach That's Dan Snyder. We talked about tell Dan, being more of an itch. We tell Dan Snyder, we'll play footsie with you the whole time. Dan, we'll talk about what a great owner you are. We'll just make shit up to make you look good because that's what you're going to have to do. Who knows? We could, that'd be, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Though I got to tell you, to live in the D.C. area, uh, my earning potential is going to have to go through the roof uh, a lot higher than I think it would ever be at this point in time. You don't, you don't uh, have I'll to be live there. In you just, just do the podcast from here. And Nah, you'd have to be, Mark, wow. you, you, if, if you're going to take advantage of that sort of thing, you have to, to Jeff's point, you got to be out at a bar in Georgetown rubbing elbows with folk and all of that. So if I could just get Dan Snyder to commit to, I'll do it for 200. 200. 200, 200 grand a year. 200 oh, grand a year. I thought you were saying 200 per show. Ah, uh, well, he needs $200 per show. Let me say, if we do five shows a week and I could get 200 a show, I might, well, I still couldn't live. I'd have to live in, like, West Virginia. And and then, then there'd You'd be all kinds of... You could commit. It's only like Harper's Ferry. An hour and a half outside of D.C. and Maryland. I don't even know if that's affordable anymore. I don't know if... Ferry is a beautiful area. It's the Shenandoah. And I know. I know it well. And it's only an hour, though. The western, uh, the eastern panhandle of West Virginia is only an hour commute. I work. That's One of the guys who... One of the guys who works the table with me at uh, at the Raptors games used to have uh, land out in Harper's Ferry, Mark. And he told me that with gentrification and everything that's happened, that that's gone through the roof, that the prices there have gone through the roof. So I may have to get to Missouri before I could afford. And that's that's a that's a hell of a commute. Uh, Again, just stay down here and, you know, go up there once a week. Go to Georgetown, rub elbows. <laughs> Maybe you could jet us in in the private jet. That's what it is. You just need it. You just need uh, once twice a month a, a jetting in for a long weekend uh, on his on his jet. And that's all you need. And you can just keep your house here. Keep I'm your kinda, life here. I'm kind of Robert Ori like when it comes to private jets. I was listening to Big Shot Bob now has a podcast, which is really terrific. And I highly recommend that you listen to it. Shaquille O'Neal was on the first one. It's very funny. But uh, he had an issue with private jets because they were talking about players of well, private sure. jets. And, you know, that I, I would expect that from you because uh -huh. you, you're a little scaredy cat flying and I'm generally not. But the whole small plane thing, uh, private jet thing kind of kind of worries me. It Does just it? sort of. Yes. I don't want to be morbid about it, but just, you know, the pain steward thing. There's a lot of things that worry me about all of that, that old private jet. That thing. was, that was 25 years ago. 
Private jets have been pretty good since then. All you know what I'm thinking? It's been 25 years, so we're one one year closer to that happening again. That's how I see it. I'd have gotten on a private jet 30 minutes later because the odds would have been pretty good in my favor. But now, now it's getting too too far. By the way, if anyone is listening to this with access to a private jet, I would love nothing more than for you to uh, disabuse me of this fear by inviting me on endless private jet flights. Um, all right. Uh, all right. So I think we've mined that as much as we can. I just think it's, uh, you know, God love the National Football League, though, for just uh, in an off, you know, two weeks between the Super Bowl. You know, people always complain about blah, blah, blah. We have to talk about, you know, what's Tom Brady's first meal after it's not no longer avocado shakes and whatever. And uh, we get this trade in, in the NFL, which happened. I think for it more than anything, shocked how quickly it happened. Well, because it's not even official till the middle of March, right. whenever the the season officially quote unquote begins in the National Football League. You'd think the way the way they are though, the National Football League, you know, is so good at being the top story in sports during the offseason. Oh my god! I think it would have waited until like four days after the Super Bowl, after that whole thing calmed down. But you're right, John. They're milking it right now because this week's dead. There's no Pro Bowl. It's dead. There's nothing. Can really nothing to report on in Tampa because, as I've said, I've been over there. There's not not a ton of stuff going on over there. Uh, by the way, Derek Abbott pointing out that they have boats, not a private plane. I've been on boat trips with Doc. Uh, I just don't think my liver could hold up. So uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Um, all right, so let's let's just jump to the to the game. Um, anything you want to throw out there? I mean, everything I'm trying to devour, whatever I can, listen to um, what people are talking about. It it does seem, Mark, like it's pretty pretty chalk right now. That most people feel that the, you know the Chiefs kind of predetermined. You've been saying that for a long time. That, that and and a lot of people have. It looks like the Chiefs, uh, though Tampa Bay may be one of the teams that has a better chance than maybe a couple of other of the uh, uh, NFC teams if they had made it there. Um, but I'm not hearing anything right now that's like kind of tipping my hand in another way. Anything you've heard that uh, is pushing you in that direction? I think, I think you know, getting Antonio Brown back, I think, is actually a pretty big deal. But outside of that, anything? I think, um, I think, I think Brown coming back. I think uh, Bowles being pretty creative on defense. And I think most importantly, having Tom Brady behind center are going to be reasons why um, the, it, it's closer than it should be. Yeah. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a roster that is just pretty much above every other roster in the National Football League. They've got a coach who is as seasoned as anyone who is now in his third Super Bowl, who has been to, I don't know how many championship games. He was with five, so I guess three. And you, you realize that there's only one AFC team that has gone to three consecutive Super Bowls, and that's the Chiefs. I mean, uh, championship games. And there's only one NFC team that has gone to three consecutive, that has, um, I'm sorry, hosted, th- hosted three consecutive championship games. Only oh, one team in the AFC. Yep, yep. Andy Reid yeah. is the one coach that has the record for hosting three consecutive championship games in the AFC and the NFC. He's obviously a great, great coach. They've got a great, great roster and they've got a great, great quarterback. I think the interesting thing about that though, and thinking back to those Philadelphia teams that got there and could never get over the hump 
Remember the year that they thought, well, they're going to make it. It was when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because at that point, I don't think the Bucs had ever won a game where it was under 83 degrees. And it was, you know, <laughs> January in Philadelphia. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I can make the argument that this is the team that could keep us the, keep it the closest and certainly anything could happen, but I'm still of that mind that with Kansas city, they can play not a, they can play a mediocre game and win more often than some teams can play a moderately good game and win they just there's so much on offense for them to make up for any issues that they might have defensively against another you know the the, boy i tell you what for skill position players and offense this is as good a super bowl as we've seen in a very long time he's just littered with talent i mean i don't know going back start looking at super bowls and when you've been littered with this much offensive talent because you know, if you go back to some of those Super Bowls, you go back to like the Niners and the and and the and the um, the Broncos. I think the Niners really had all the the offensive talent. The the Broncos had John Elway, but I don't think any of us are arguing that Sammy Winder was a was a good back. Vance Johnson, his wide receivers, what Clarence K. Much touch. I can never remember. No, I, this is, this is, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a lot of battle. I go sixth. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, you're right. I don't know if there's ever been this much offensive talent in the history of a Super Bowl game. And I think it will be close because of that very reason. And I just think, you know, it's interesting because when there's not much talked about the other team with Kansas City, when it's sort of, do rigueur that they're going to win. That's when they usually come out flat. That's when they usually have to kind of buck up some point in the game and overcome their own ennui, their own general disinterest. And um, but boy, oh boy, when you when you have chattered during the week about the team they're facing might be actually better than they were, like we had with the Bills last week. We had a lot of chatter about that. Yeah. They came out from the top of that game and said, hey, you know what? No. Granted, they got a, a qu- they were down quickly, 9 nothing, but it was basically the rest of the game, no. No, 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 no. We're the best team. So I think this could be a game, but there's no doubt in my mind that Kansas City is going to win. And then, of course, the Nick Wrights of the world, who works for Fox Sports, who's a major Kansas City homer, a major lover of uh, Patrick Mahomes, is going to start on the whole greatest quarterback of all time thing. Cause he says, if, if he wins a third, right. If he wins another one, no one's ever won three in a row. He's halfway through to, to Tom six. And it's a legitimate conversation at that point in time. Yeah. And I would say it's certainly a conversation, but you have, he has to win it again, but depending on how they look, that might be a com- a piece of conversation we have. We might go, boy, oh boy, this this could be the first team, the first team to win three consecutive Super Bowls. That's never happened. So nobody's we'll won see. three consecutive I mean, we're, championships we're the before the fourth. I even in the NFL, nobody's won a championship even before that. I was what the Packers in sixty one, sixty. No, excuse me, sixty five, sixty six, and sixty seven. Yeah. Which yeah. sixty? So I mean, they have won three consecutive. 
championships. Yeah, but right. And then they won two, but no one's won three consecutive Super Bowls. What's that? The Bills did that. Uh, yeah, but that was had, uh, that was NFL after that was a conference that wasn't uh, a league championship. It's okay. league championship. By yeah. the way, Mark, uh, here's what I this is not going to play for the podcast, but I think we've determined no one's listening to that anyway. Uh, this is what I do when I turn on Colin Cowherd's show and I see that Nick Wright's sitting in. <laughs> can't I wow. can't I can't no, really? don't care for him. Don't care for his stuff. Wow, he stick doesn't work for I, me at all. I, I think that Tampa Bay is going to win this game. I think their defense is the reason why they're going to win this game. I think the offenses, offenses are equally powerful. Tampa Bay may actually have a little bit of an edge because I think their running game is significantly better than Kansas City's. But Tampa Bay on defense, their front four is incredible. They have an incredible middle linebacker behind that. Their secondary is a little shoddy, but that does take away a lot of what Patrick Mahomes can do, having that strong front four and a guy that can chase him down. And offensively, Nick Wright can say whatever he wants, but the best quarterback of all time at this point in time is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I would say this about the defensive uh, analysis, and you're right about how they shake down. They've got a great front four. They've got a great front seven, but so do yeah. the 49ers. Remember, right. remember the 49ers had even better front seven than Tampa Bay does this year, had even a better front four. And their, and their back end was when, you know, I would say the back end of the 49ers last year was probably a little bit better than the back end for Tampa. I don't know if their safeties they, are they back. Were, I they were. I think one of the safeties is back uh, for the Super Bowl, but not both. And, Kansas City, that's how they beat the 49ers. They threw over the top, and they got back in that game, and that's what they did, and that's what they do. Yeah. You can hold them down, Jeff. I agree. That front seven is going to give them some fits. Which is, why we think, which is why we think it's going to be close. Yes, why we but, think they can keep it close. But I think the weakness of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense completely you know, is, is tailor-made for the strength of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And yes, the best quarterback of all time is is Tom Brady, but Tom Brady hasn't played in a Super Bowl with any of these other teammates except yeah, for Gronkowski. The, the, and and Patrick does, Mahomes has. Patrick Mahomes what, actually has more experience relative to this game than Tom Brady does. He does what Tom Brady game. does, though. He does what Tom Brady does, though. Look at that uh, NFC Championship game. Scotty Miller, major factor in the NFC Championship game. Sure. Johnson, can't even remember his first name because he's a non-factor most of the time. Factor in that championship game. So it, it, the, I, I just, I don't bet against Tom unless Eli's yeah. in the game. Yeah, well, uh, Steve Spagnuolo is the defensive coordinator for uh, the New York Giants in uh, Super Bowl 42, as Derek Abbott points out. And Derek uh, is going to be on the show on Friday and talk about it, talk about second down being most important uh, down. Uh, so we'll get into all of that, the nuts and bolts and everything. But, you know, just and, and again, you know, I, I think you can make all of those arguments. And, and, and again, I just making every argument that uh, that I would make to why I think they can keep it close. But I just again, 2020. Who do we see? It's it, there's a there's a sameness to what's what's been happening here. I, I just think uh, barring I, I honestly think if the Buccaneers win, I do agree with this. I think if the Buccaneers win, it's going to have everything to do with their defense uh, more I, than it is going to have to do with Tom Brady. 
That's I have to go completely against my heart with that too, because I hate the city of Tampa, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> included in oh, that. And I, I, I know you've, you've got to say that now, but it, no, it's know, nice. They've changed. Look, <laughs> I, I agree. It was Richmond, Virginia in the seventies, uh, which was a dump and is now great, but it's, it's much nicer now. Yeah. Tampa's a, a fine city. It's a fine. I just hate it because they want to take our basketball team away. It'll never go away. It's always going to be there. And well, but, I tell you, uh, they were there yesterday and frankly, we'd probably just hand them off at this point. Uh, given I never you know. will, but the, uh, but also, but also Tom Brady, I, I don't necessarily want to see Tom Brady continue to win, and especially in Tampa, in Tampa. So I, I, it, it goes against me. I just have a feeling on this one. And frankly, I like both. I, I like both of these. I love the story. I, I think it'd be so great for Tom Brady to go win, uh, legitimately win a I Super Bowl. Heartedly agree with it with another team, uh, and and yeah. not back into a Super Bowl championship like a like a Peyton Manning, um, sure. in that sort of situation. Um, but I have a feeling it, it's it's not going to be. We brought up Greg Morton. I have a feeling it's going to be a little more of that that you know the the feel good story for Tom. Which in '77, the feel good story about Greg Morton was remarkable. Um, and uh, and to Mark's point, a, a much more long suffering franchise in Denver than really Tampa Bay, which you know at least has been in the Super Bowl in the last twenty years. Um, and Denver had, had no success. But I just you know. Derek always brings it up and it makes me laugh is that Patrick Mahomes is the unicorn. And it's I, I go back to what what I, I think I said this a long time ago. Uh, John Madden speaking about uh, Kenny Stabler, you know, because you talk about, oh, the, the Chiefs were nine points down. They really play well towards the end of the season. You know, we were we were all in on Buffalo. But yeah, Buffalo's playing better. You know, you can't just flip the switch. John Madden said it about uh, Kenny Stabler. He goes, I think sometimes when things were going too well, Snake just got bored. And that he just coalesced at that, you know, moment. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I would, I, I, I'm on the other mind of the other mind, Jeff. I refuse to bet against Patrick Mahomes in this situation. I just, I just couldn't. And my heart though, I, I like Kansas City a lot. You're right about Andy Reid, Mark, and, and, and just what he can draw up offensively. Um, but, you know, come on. It's if, if, if that front four doesn't bring Mahomes down in the first four seconds, three seconds or four seconds, now you're extending the play, which he does as well as anybody, better than anybody. And if your weakness there, and I think Antoine Winfield, we don't know whether he's going to play or not in the game. Uh, if your weakness there in any way is your secondary, that it's just it, it's a it's a it's a tall ass. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the Niners were uh, had held Mahomes and company to 10 points halfway through the fourth quarter and had recently just picked off Patrick Mahomes. So they they had his number as much as anyone had that. Remember that. Remember the playoffs. Houston was up by 28. Mm -hmm. but that was eliminated. That lead was eliminated by halftime. The Titans were up by, I think, 14 at some point. But that was eliminated by early third quarter. Uh, but the Niners had a 10-point lead, and it held them only to 10 points halfway through, and it just intercepted him. And within that just half of a quarter, Patrick Mahomes was able to generate two touchdowns, and then there was the interception return. And uh, 
I, I have watched them this year, and it's the same thing. When when they, they in a way, to your point, they sort of play to the level of, of their competition. And I think this is going to be a really fun Super Bowl. Interesting, fun, exciting, and the like. And um, I don't know if anyone can see me because it looks like, oh, you're, you're not frozen. Just Jeff is. Or maybe he's not. Yes, he is. Uh, at any rate, uh, I think I think it should be fun. And and to your point, John, it's going to be a, it, there's going to be a lot of fireworks. It could yeah. be a shootout for all we know. And if that's the case, great. But yeah. in the end, Pat, I just can't. No can't. one's going to beat him. No one's going to beat him. No one's going to beat the Chiefs. This is a remarkable story. And a definite dynasty uh, in the making. I think, again, and I know I, this is cliche, and, you know, we will have Derek Abbott who knows more about football than we ever will on it. But I think, honestly, if in the end of this, Tampa Bay ends up winning this football game, there's going to be a special teams touchdown. There's going to be a defensive score. I mean, that's the other thing about Kansas City. It always seems like the Honey Badger comes up with a timely interception when they you need go. it. Yep. You know, and I think he, you know, I, I, I would – for for MVP, there's certainly Tyron Matthew. You could probably get a pretty good uh, a pretty good odds and and throw ten dollars there and you'd win something. All right, Mark, I want to I want to I want to quiz you a little about first round draft choices just just for a moment uh, before we get out of here. <laughs> Derek okay, Gavin, there's some more. Derek Gavin, hold on. Derek Gavin, the game I is Rasputin it. versus Thanos. I I just absolutely love that. Uh, we we will talk more about that and, and maybe have T-shirts made. All right, Mark, I'm going to throw out uh, some universities here. Um, I'm going to give you two to choose from, and I want you to tell me which one has had the most overall number one picks in the NFL draft. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Virginia Tech or Florida? Um, number one picks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <sighs> Well, I know of one from Vatek, um, but I'm going to say Florida. It is Virginia Tech. They have had two. I won't okay. tell you how many Florida's had, but it's less than two. Okay. Um, Alabama or South Carolina? I'll say South Carolina. That's absolutely correct. South Carolina has had two as well. Stanford or Nebraska? I would say Stanford. Absolutely correct. Nicely done. Uh, we'll do a couple of more. Penn or Florida? University of Penn? Penn. The Penn Quakers. Our 45th say, president, alma, alma mater. So he says. I'll say Penn. Absolutely correct. Florida has never had an overall number one uh, pick in the in the draft. Who's All the right. other South Carolina pick besides George Rogers? Uh, hold on. I will. I can tell you that. Uh, it is. It was in uh, 2014. Not Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney. Oh, Jadavian. Yes. Remember that? Of course. I remember. We did. We'll get away from this for a minute. I, I thought that was fun. It was interesting to look back at that and see. Uh, and I was really surprised that Florida had never had anybody picked number one in the draft. But the Jadavian Clowney pick, that was the year um, that everyone uh, and uh, Houston had the overall number one pick in the draft. 
everyone thought uh, that they were going to go with uh, that the, the overall number one pick was going to be who was who was it thought to be was I think it was Khalil Mack was was the guy who was over one pick. Uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, they had signed that that was the one where they had signed Clowney before the. Uh, the draft they had made that not made it knowledgeable that they'd offered him a one before the draft and i was driving into the espn club when that happened um i thought that was the one with was it mario williams and reggie bush that you was- know what now that's right yeah i'm wrong so stop re- reverse that it, it was something different i was thinking it was the clowny thing but you're, you're right that was that was mario bush uh, just surprise going through miami of florida uh between number between one and five how many first round pick overall overall number ones overall yeah i'd say two two is absolutely correct um vinny and someone else uh it was vinny and then it was uh russell maryland interesting all right overall, that's fun oh yep russell maryland Interesting. We could go back and forth on this, but but we are running out of time. Baseball, real quickly, before we get out of here. Um, I don't know if you saw this today, but uh, the Players Union is in discussions with Major League Baseball about possibly uh, delaying the start of the season. Um, remember, we're, we're at the Super Bowl now. Pitchers and catchers. I mean, I, we used to joke about that. Uh, you know, uh, the an hour after the conference championship game. Well, we're about 48 hours away from pitchers and catchers, and it wasn't it wasn't much uh, off of that. Uh, I guess the 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 um, the way this works is if the union agrees to the delay, they will do delay. If they can't come to an agreement, then it starts on time, which is in less than a month. Um, wh- it, I I don't know how things are going in Arizona, but down here seems like a tough sell uh, to start on time. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure why it would be a tough sell. NBA, NCAA, the NFL, all those all those sports are happening as we speak. So why would it be hard to open? I just think in Florida's uh, Florida's cases in terms of deaths or whatever it is, cases are up, but deaths haven't even hospitalizations haven't even gotten past the summer. Hospitalizations are down as well, but uh, they they're predicting I mean, uh, I, another surge. Uh, they are predicting another surge. And then I think the uh, the main thing is, and, and I don't know where I come down on this, is the uh, the new strains of the virus and uh, the struggles for vaccination. I, I just think it's, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's telling that Major League Baseball has approached the union about this. That's what I think. I, w- I was surprised because to, as to your point, all things being equal, if I hadn't heard this, I would have thought, okay, well, they're going to start on time. And, you know, they're able to, to uh, uh, to to they were the first really league that uh, was able to uh, play like a season sort of situation, not just the bubble thing that the NBA had. But I was real surprised when Major League when I heard uh, Major League Baseball had uh, had approached that possibility. And uh, that I that's that is surprising, and it's also surprising. I think you read this, uh, but we didn't talk about it. That they voted uh, they they voted against having a permanent DH oh, in both leagues. Oh, How about that, John? Made me so happy. And they voted against the uh, expanded playoffs as well. So uh, I guess we're going to go back to, I guess, five teams in each league as opposed to eight, which is what it was this year. So uh, it's 10 thought, teams overall. I actually thought games. they might settle. I, I thought they. I, I, th- I thought eight was a big ask, but there were a lot of people who thought they might, uh, they might go with uh, – 
with six, with only one team. But by all, there were a couple of different things out there where they thought uh, eight was too much. I, I think this goes back to what we talked about uh, before, back in the summer, um, before all this came down, where uh, were they going to treat 2020 as an isolated thing or were they going to use it to uh, change uh, for some more drastic changes? Um, and uh, obviously more isolated, but I, I did think it was, uh, you know, I'm really even thinking about baseball, but the fact that I read that the, the major league baseball had gone to the players union to talk about that, I thought was really, really surprising. Um, all right, before we get out of here, anything else, anything else you want to cover? Talk about, I, I do not looking forward to, uh, well, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I owe you a beer cause you, yep. You, and we're you, throwing a bone beer. to the, uh, to the deep dive. And I think I'm going to, uh, inaugurate, and this is depending on our conversation today, but I'd like to maybe do a Dave Azer's a, deep dive. No, no, no. Maybe a four part a visit with Dave Azer, a, a four part deep introducing dive our in, no, new co-host Dave Azer into 1972 and uh, well, featuring Dave Azer 1972. He was born just two years after. And um, oh my God, I know. So, no, I, I think uh, I, I think a little like a four, little 40 minute thing. Maybe do the first quarter of 1972. It's very interesting. I got down a rabbit hole the other day. I was, I was sharing it with you based on January 1st, the Orange Bowl between uh, between Nebraska and Alabama. And Nebraska was – you could make an argument they were as good, if not better, than this year's Alabama team, which a lot of people said were the greatest college football team of all time. Uh, at any rate, um, we're going to do that on Wednesday. And then we have Derek Abbott on Friday previewing uh super bowl 55 that's right derek Ab is actually chiming in he was asking uh if the pirates had been relegated to triple a yet uh i believe triple a turned that down i believe the decision was made by triple a that uh not because they thought they would dominate the league but there's just too much uh too many bottom feeders in triple a right now so uh maybe double a for the pirates or the instructional league and he is right that uh, pnc park would be the best rooftop bar in pittsburgh or I, I I have a couple of things. One is Dustin Pedroia has retired. Long oh, time wow. Boston Red Sox. The other is two players uh, are going to be involved in this coming Super Bowl that were in the top 10 picked in that 2014 Jadavian Clowney draft. Can you guess them? No, hell no. <laughs> two players in this. Uh, Mike Evans, is he one of them? Yep. That Bam, one. I've had a pretty good day guessing. You really have. You're not yeah. getting another beer, though. You only get one. <laughs> Unless Jeff wants to PayPal me four bucks because, you know, <laughs> still waiting uh, for some of my Raptors checks. And there's, an, uh, and there's another player uh, that's in a, a top 10 pick in the 2014. Kelsey. I'll give you a hint. Same position. Kelsey. No, not Kelsey. Same position. Uh, and then... he might or, not, might or might not play. I'm not even going to pretend. Sammy Watkins. Oh, uh, yeah, Buffalo. Yep. We went to Buffalo. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. That's uh, good Good for them. Very, I like Sammy Watkins, too. As uh, do I. Uh, another one of those. Keep keep adding them on, Jeff. You think about the offensive firepower for that team, and you keep thinking Tampa Bay is going to win. And I know betting against Tom Brady makes uh, makes uh, little or no sense. Um, I thought I had one other thing, but now I don't remember what it was. Uh, so the deep dive 1972, again, I have offered up to you, Mark, time and time again, that if you wish to talk to the, uh, Fairfax County youth club, eight year old champion, uh, Springfield boys club, rough riders, 
um, county championship in uh, 1972. I could provide you with at least two members of that team and maybe more if you need to pad your show out a little bit. I understand it might not take pressure. I may need to. But a couple of rough riders. I can get you quarterback and an offensive lineman. Let me, let me, and it's pretty let good. Me, let me point this out right now. The here, here are the sizes of the guys who played those respective positions. One of them is five, eight, 175, 180, 175, 180. The other is six, three, and probably around 235. Which one was the quarterback and which one was the lineman? Quarterback was the big one. Yep. And you were the lineman. I was. Yeah, I was a guard. I was a guard. And I was. Job being 175 at 5'8". It's well, I, solid. That's, well yeah, I'm probably 180 at this point. But who knows? If you've gotten on a, a scale this year, there's something desperately wrong with you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's a statement that John Pelkey has said more often than any other statement this year. Or really over the last four years. Something, something, something. There's something desperately wrong with you. Absolutely. Yeah, they're yeah. they're clear. Yeah, abs- absolutely. All right. That's uh, that, that's good stuff. And uh, right. let me ask you this real quick, though. Yeah. Because I went down now, Jeff, I, I want your opinion on this. For a deep dive, and, and you've listened to your share podcast, and and some of these podcasts basically they all they all go into a deep dive, or at least the ones I listen to. They go into a topic and then they really get into the topic, maybe over a, a course of five, four or five uh, parts. <laughs> the, the quarterback now of the Springfield Boys Club Rough Riders will not do it for less than a grand. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Not getting out of bed for less than a grand. That's really, you know what? You've done that, Steve Carricker. You have, you have made it. You have made it in life. Uh, all right. So, Jeff, it's a 1972 deep dive, right? January 1 is this orange bowl between Nebraska and Alabama. Nebraska's undefeated. Literally only had one game all season, including the orange bowl, that the the differentiation in the score was less than 24 points. Think about that. There was only one game less than 24 points. That's pretty dominant. And that was against Oklahoma Thanksgiving Day, which uh, which was called the game of the century. And it was, you know, there's all kinds of really really fun nuggets in there. Do you think getting into that a little bit, even if it's for two or three minutes as context for 1972, even though it happened Thanksgiving of 71, do you think that's appropriate to spend maybe three, four minutes on that game and to get into that a bit? That game happened in 72, right? No, it happened in Thanksgiving of 71. And January it, one it of factors into the game that it, happened in 72. It does factor in. It's the reason why Nebraska was competing for the national championship, this, that, and the other. Yes. Hey, listen, I have an answer to that. Um, uh, the great Ken Burns civil war series, which covers, you know, year it's five sequence, all five years of the war. Um, the 1863 uh, one, which I believe was uh, uh, called the universe of battle. It actually starts in December of 1862 with the Battle of Fredericksburg. And it, I'm going to go with Tim, uh, uh, with Tim on this one. That yes, you are. There, uh, yeah, Ken there's Burns. Only me, rule, there's only one rule on after further review with Mark and John. And that's throw out all rules. Yep, no rules. I like it. This show you're has. Gonna, you're going to go with Tim on this one. You said I said Ken. I'm sorry. I said Tim. I meant to say Ken. 
Okay. I, I meant to say Ken because I'm 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 putting together a uh, I'm putting together a GoFundMe page to try to get the quarterback of the Springfield Rough Riders to be on our show. We need a grand people, so if we could just uh, we could start throwing <laughs> throwing money this way. Uh, you former you championship quarterback. Uh, I I I can remember far too many of his accolades, and I won't uh, I won't say them now because it just still makes me feel like Dave Azer just agreed to put in $500. The new show. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Dave Azer interviews Steve Carriker. That's going to be the show. Yeah. Great. I'll I'll be over here. Uh, Welcome onto the floor. Your Toronto Raptors, by the way, Nick nurse, best coach in the NBA. I'm just going to say it right now with what he's been able to do since OG Ananobi has been out. All right, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with the deep dive and uh, fingers crossed for you, Mark, that, uh, between now and then, Deshaun Watson isn't a part of a seven-team per- seven trade that we have to talk about the whole time. Let's just not – it's a good thing that this show isn't uh, heavily listened yes. to by NFL executives because you know they'd submarine it best they possibly could uh, by putting together uh, a, a, a move. Oh, that was what I wanted to say, Mark, You know, when you were saying that you, why they didn't wait until after the Super Bowl. With apparently the amount of quarterback movement we're going to see this year, I don't think there's going to be any lack of things to talk about immediately following the Super nice. Bowl. Now that we've said that, of Can't course, wait. no Can't no wait. one's going to move. Watson's going to re-sign. Yeah. Drew Brees is going to unretire. Nothing's going to change, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eyes open. All right, for Jeff Taylor, Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Well, Mark will. I don't know, but maybe David. Bye-bye.